0: Three triples out. 92.3 FM. The following program is in English.
1: You're tuned in to Lachaim
0: to Life with your host Morris Klein, who just happens to be my baby brother. Shalom Aleichem. Welcome back to Lachaim, to life, Jewish life, and more. First up, Maury Frankel's guest is former mayor of Glenaira, Jamie Hines, continuing our discussion on the ABC's hostile bias against Israel. Jamie had an excellent article in yesterday's Age and Sydney Morning Herald. You're tuned into Lachaim on ninety-two point three FM, three Triple Z. Stick around. Jamie Hines has always been very much a
2: community-minded person. He served four terms as a councillor on the Glen Ira City Council and was mayor three times. He is on the board of the Glen Ira Adult Learning Centre and has had a long association with Maccabi Victoria. He has appeared on Sky News and is a staff writer for the Australia-Israel Review. Jamie is a senior policy analyst at the Australia-Israel and Jewish Affairs Council, also known as AJAC, where he has worked since 2000. Jamie, welcome to L'Chaim. Could you give our audience an overview of the Australia-Israel and Jewish Affairs Council and then tell us what your role as a senior policy analyst entails?
3: Sure. So the the Australia-Israel and Jewish Affairs Council, we regard ourselves as Australia's prime Jewish public affairs organisation or or think tank. So we, we try to put out accurate information and important information about matters of concern to the Jewish community, whether that be Israel, um, what's going on in the Middle East, anti-Semitism, racism in Australia, um, and various other issues of concern to the, the Jewish community. We bring over speakers when we can, obviously not so much during COVID. We take groups to Israel, again, not so much during COVID. We put out a, the magazine you mentioned, the Australia's Round Review. We also have a, a website. So we basically do what we can to get accurate information out there. My role as senior policy analyst, everyone sort of does a bit of everything, so I do a bit of writing. I um, in fact, I had articles in the Sydney Morning Herald in the AGE yesterday about the ABC and the need for an independent compliance procedure and also contribute to the review. I do a fair bit of research and, and various other things. I take the groups to Israel and, you know, sort of just chipping on the general activities that we do. And it's a very interesting and at times frustrating but generally rewarding job.
2: Well, thanks,
3: Jamie. That was
2: certainly very informative. If we could now focus on the trauma and truth-telling episode of the ABC program Q&A, sure. which screened in May this year, and featured a segment focusing on the Israel-Hamas conflict. From your perspective, how did the segment tell the truth about the conflict? Perhaps you could start with the panel's composition
3: and follow up with
2: some of the supposed
3: truths. Sure. Well, what it mainly told the truth about was the way the ABC puts together the show Q&A, because it does have a history of being barely tilted. But this was an extreme example. What you had in a show that was advertised as being in part about the Israel-Hamas conflict that that occurred last May, what you had was Randa Fatah, who is a pro-Palestinian activist. She regards herself as Palestinian. She's a a very staunch activist for the cause. You also had Jennifer Robinson, who is a human rights lawyer who has appeared for Palestinians before the International Criminal Court. Then you had Ed Husick, who's a Labor member of Federal Parliament, and there was Mitch Tambo, who's an Indigenous musician. He doesn't know much about the the Palestinian conflict, as he mentioned during the show. And to balance all that, we had one person, who was Dave Sharma, who is a federal MP on the Liberal side. So he was basically there to counter or to to balance, I guess, Ed Houston. They had him, and he's a former Australian ambassador to Israel. And he's knowledgeable about the matter. But as he himself said during the program, he wasn't there to put Israel's case. Now, the program also claimed that they invited the acting Israeli ambassador, Pallad, to appear on the show. But what they actually offered him to do was sit in the audience and perhaps ask a question. So, of course, he refused, as then the ambassador would. So what you had was an incredibly biased panel. You had especially Rand Adolf Adder was prepared to to make all sorts of ridiculous claims about Israel being the apartheid state and deliberately killing civilians and all sorts of things like that. And when Dave Sharma tried to put the other side quite moderately and reasonably, you know, she tried to talk all over the top of him and tell him he was lying, whereas in fact she was the one who was saying things that weren't true. And um, Hamish McDonald wasn't really trying to rein her in as as a host probably should have been doing. Ed Hughes said that he felt Australia should recognise a Palestinian state, so he was obviously taking that side as well. And Which Tambo admitted he didn't know much about it but felt that Israel should stop killing Palestinians and then you had Jennifer Robinson who was backing up everything that Randa Adolf Adolf was saying. So it was incredibly slanted. Dave Sharma justifiably felt uncomfortable being cast as the Israel representative when he's a member of our federal parliament. So who he's representing is the government of Australia, not the government of Israel. For those of you who didn't see that particular
2: episode of Q&A, it can be easily found on the internet and uh, it reveals an astonishing level of anti-Israel bias within Australia's national broadcaster. What was AJAX's response to the program and how did the ABC deal with it?
3: Well, we put in a complaint. The ABC has a complaints procedure and it's called its um, Audience and Consumer Affairs Unit. It's internal to the ABC, so it's not independent by any means and that probably explains the response we got. So we put in the complaint in the main... The main thrust of our complaint, if you like, was that the ABC hadn't abided by its code of conduct, which it's meant to abide by in its use and it's using current affairs. And one of the things in there, one of the provisions in there says that the ABC should not unduly favour any perspective over any other perspective. And so we argued with obvious cause that they had in fact favoured one perspective over the other. Audience and Consumer Affairs came back to us quite quickly, which suggests they already had something, you know, written up and said that they hadn't unduly, and they emphasised the word unduly, they have one perspective over another. They had a couple of people in the audience asking pro-Israel questions, which, of course, the panel could say anything they wanted to about. And they mentioned that Acting Ambassador Pallet had been asked, and they thought that, that Dave Sharma responded very well to the question. So, you know, this is clearly untenable. They've clearly breached their code of practice. They're clearly not prepared to admit they've breached their code of practice, and they've clearly illustrated why the complaints procedure needs to be independent. How do you see the ABC in general in the way that it covers issues related to Israel? The ABC in general tends to be quite biased against Israel. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a good example. You know, they've got correspondence over there, a good recent example. They cover the controversy over the house demolition in Sil 1 where a Palestinian house has been demolished by Israeli authorities and it was built without authorisation. At the same time, roughly the same time, there was a really big story going on in the Palestinian Authority areas where a maybe palestinian Authority activist was arrested by Palestinian Authority police and he was arrested in a very violent way and he ended up dying of his injuries within an hour or so of being arrested. And there were huge demonstrations about that. And the ABC covered it sort of tangentially on news radio, but certainly it wasn't covered by their correspondent in their flagship news programs like AIM and PM, in the same way that the house demolition in the one was the controversy over the potential eviction of Palestinian residents in Sheikh Jarrah, you know, and all sorts of things that happened that favour the ABC's narrative on Israel, but are of much less significance than what was going on in the Palestinian Authority. Uh, we found that during the, the Hamas Israel conflict, the ABC's coverage was very slanted, so they might have said the right thing occasionally, you know, but they certainly presented a Palestinian perspective far more and, and pro Palestinian guests appeared far more often on their shows. That's it in a nutshell. That is how the ABC overall tends to approach the conflict. So you know, we, we may get some of our people on ABC radio occasionally and they'll cover, you know, if, if you listen hard enough, they will make most of the relevant points some of the time, but they certainly make the points that favour the Palestinian narrative and the Palestinian perspective far more often than those that favour the Israeli side. Mm.
2: You mentioned earlier that you had an opinion piece in Yesterday's Age, it was also in the Sydney Morning Herald, yeah. on the process the ABC has to deal with complaints. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us briefly what that process is And are there examples of other countries handling complaints in a different way,
3: a more effective way? Yeah, well, the process is they have their their ANCA, their Audience and and Customer Affairs Department or unit, and they say it's independent. What they don't say so often is that it then reports back to ABC management, so it's not independent. Quite a lot of complaints, as the ABC itself acknowledges, are sent straight back to the program, and the program deals with them if, if they consider the complaints to be minor those complaints that are dealt with by ANCA, they, obviously they refer it back to the journalist or the, the producer who produced the content in the first place, and then they'll make a finding of whether they agree that it complies with the code of practice or not. And on the vast majority of cases, they find that it did comply with the code of practice. Now we, we find that unsatisfactory. We think it should be independent, like there's a lot of, and not because the ABC is a media unit, but because the ABC is, is funded by the taxpayers. So, you know, unlike the commercially owned newspapers, television stations, radio stations and so on, the ABC is funded by the taxpayer so it is accountable to the taxpayer to make sure that it does comply and adhere to its code of practice. So we think there should be an independent body in place the same way there's a telecommunications ombudsman or or a banking ombudsman or all sorts of different types of um, independent accountability organisations. There should be one for the ABC as well. Now, other countries have done this sort of thing, countries like Canada, the Netherlands, Some of the Scandinavian countries have done something like that. A lot of, you know, those are the countries that have their own government-funded broadcaster, the same way the ABC is. So, you know, if you don't like the ABC's findings from A A and CA at the moment, you can appeal it to ACMA, the Australian Communications Media Authority, and they can issue a finding. They're not as well-resourced as they could be. It does take them a long time to, to come back with anything. And on occasions when they've come back with a finding against the ABC, the ABC has printed a little note and then put out a statement saying we disagree with the act of fighting and that's it so you know we want something that not only is independent and quite rigorous and can possibly even launch own source investigations rather than waiting for a complaint like the victorian ombudsman for example but we also want it to have real teeth so that if the abc is found to have transgressed then there are consequences to make sure it doesn't do it again because one other thing we found from the abc's internal complaints process is that the finding can be made in our favor for example there was a finding made that it was incorrect for the ABC to call Gaza occupied, And then, you know, a little while later, a couple of years later, they did the same thing again. So we complained again. And the the finding came back that, no, it was okay for them to say that because that's what the United Nations said. So, you know, they're not even bound by their own findings.
2: Yes. How are the panels in the overseas countries uh, constituted? Who appoints them?
3: That that I can't tell you. (laughs) Oh,
2: okay.
3: It'd be interesting to know yeah, I mean, you'd want you'd certainly want it to be, you wouldn't want them to start appointing people like, you know, former employees of the ABC who are still, <laughs> no. um, you know, who, who are still loyal to the ABC. You'd want it to be appointed at arm's length, preferably by, not by the ABC, but by the government or an independent body and make sure that these are people who have expertise in journalism, but are also completely um, neutral and independent mm. and, and objective, I guess, is the main thing.
2: Yes, Uh, In a world of increasing anti-Israel bias, Ajax's role is even more important today and it deserves the community's full support. Jamie, thank you so much for appearing on Lafayette.
3: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Welcome to the Mythbusters. Just the facts, ma'am. In the area, uh, we have around five uh, cubic meters per hour, which is supplied by the Israeli company. They use it for crops, agriculture, and also they use it for household uh, usage. The demand is much more higher. You need more than 12 to 15 cubic meters per hour. Three times as much. Three times as much. Siad says
3: the restrictions placed on Palestinians fuel tensions with the Jewish settlers who take much more water.
1: Lately, there has been a lot of concern being expressed over the ABC's anti-Israel agenda, with a stacked episode of Q&A last month having led to a number of complaints, which the ABC has tried to push back. Unfortunately, a specious episode of the ABC's foreign correspondent program, titled The Sinking Sea, that was screened last month, has been overlooked. The beginning of the sinking sea gave us a look at the vast rapid changes that have been caused by the drying up of the Dead Sea, through the eyes of geologists who have made this issue their life's work. However, as you heard in the piece of propaganda at the start, Eric Chorchek, ABC's outgoing Middle East correspondent, was speaking with a Palestinian farmer who was complaining that the Palestinians don't get enough water for their agricultural needs, while Israeli settlers get as much as they want. This farmer happens to live in the village of Kardala, which is in Area C of the West Bank, which is under full control of the Israeli authorities according to the Oslo Accords. The allocation of water to Palestinian residents under Israeli jurisdiction was determined in the framework of the Oslo Accords according to population size. There would be no water crisis if Europe and the Palestinian Authority would not be orchestrating a large scale migration of people into Area C, preempting a Palestinian state and exploiting a contrived water shortage as a political weapon against Israel. Israel provides approximately 70 million cubic metres per year of water to the Palestinian Authority in Judea and Samaria, even though the water agreement signed in the Oslo Framework allocates a much smaller quantity of only 23.6 million cubic metres per year for the so-called West Bank. If the Palestinian Authority so desired the residents of the village of Kardala could easily be living in the neighbouring village of Bardala, located in Area B, which is under Palestinian Authority jurisdiction and enjoying sufficient water supplies thanks to Israel. The Palestinian Authority long ago slated large swathes of Area C for takeover and has poured tremendous resources into illegal activity designed to support the very specious claims presented by Chorsek in the ABC documentary. This includes creating a system through which water is illegally siphoned off from the Israeli national water grid and piped to the fields for irrigation. A practice so widespread that Jewish communities, where citizens pay a premium price for their water, have major problems with water pressure that actually result in their sometimes having no water in summer months due to uncontrolled pressure drops, reflux contamination and salination caused by the substandard piping systems used to steal water. Yes, it's definitely time for us to do something serious about this incessant stream of anti-Israel bias being spewed out by the ABC. This Mythbuster was by David Schulberg, presenter of the Israel Connection with an X, located on YouTube, and convener of the website JMedia.online, j-m-e-d-i-a online, dot J-M-E-D-I-A. online, which provides news from media sources around Australia of potential interest to the Jewish community.
0: That's it for tonight's Lachaim. What can I say? Murray's guest Jamie Himes takes it right up to the ABC with its anti-Israel bias, and deservedly so, followed by David Schulberg's Mythbusters, also serving it up to the ABC's hostile anti-Israel agenda, The Sinking Sea. OK, you'll find in about 15 minutes, half an hour, a recording of tonight's Lachaim program at 3zzz.com.au. Links to YouTube recordings of tonight's interviews will be posted to the Lachaim and Morris Klein Facebook pages. Please check out the other two programs that make up the Jewish group here at 3 Z. the Hebrew Hour, Shabbat Shalom, 3pm on Friday, and the Yiddish Hour, 11am on Sunday. If you'd like to contact us here at Lachaim, our email is lchaim 3 zzz at gmail.com. Please consider becoming a member of the Jewish group here at 3 Z for only $16, and for seniors, just $11. Again, click on 3ZZZ.com.au. Many thanks again to Team L'Chaim, Dr. George Banky, Dr. Maury Frankel and Jeff Deegan. Right, thanks to my mate Avi Thelman. Let's have a listen to a great old clip of Alan Sherman with Herman's Hermits lead singer Peter Noon. I won't tell you how long ago I saw Herman's Hermits sing Mrs. Brown, you Got a Lovely Daughter at Channel 9. Until next week, stay well and COVID safe. L'Chaim, I'm Yisrael Chai and peace.